0: Hi, I'm Shona, and this is my podcast. I'm a mum, a pre and postnatal trainer, CrossFit coach, yoga teacher, and I don't take myself or life too seriously. Enjoy my podcast! Hello, everyone, and welcome to this latest episode of the podcast. So, this audio is is a recording of the podcast I did last night with Jules. Um, Jules is a friend of mine. I know her through AF Mentors. She's also an online coach. She's based in Greenock and she is just an absolute legend. But you know, when you're recording something and you're like, I just love this, this is going to be really good. So I thought, do you know what? I'll take the audio from her and upload it onto my own podcast. And I know it's going to be all things that you guys are interested in hearing about, so please enjoy.
1: So tonight we've got Shona with us. Shona, how are you? I am great. Jules, how are you? Yeah, I'm fabulous. Enjoying these later nights. Well, to all fairness, it's only about half past five, but still.
0: And it's only been one night as well. Well, <laughs> in Glasgow, there was just one night so well, far. I-
1: I said earlier today that I was really enjoying how nice a day it was. And I'm like, well, it's only nine degrees. It's just not raining. But for the West of Scotland, that's a nice day.
0: Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) It just shows how grateful we are, isn't it? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. And that's we are talking about, gratitude. That's Mm -hmm. completely true. So for anybody who doesn't follow you on Instagram, who obviously should, (laughs) tell them a little bit about you and what you do.
0: Okay. So I am a pre and postnatal coach and i work mostly with um people within that bracket so whether they're trying to conceive or they're pregnant or they're postpartum um those are all the people that i work with i've got an online group coaching program for pregnancy called shona strong bumps which i absolutely love it is so much fun um and i teach yoga to them every week so it's online programming strength training and then we do some yoga and we do a check-in and it's just a lovely group program I also um I'm a CrossFit coach as well me and my partner run a CrossFit gym in pretty much almost the center of Glasgow not quite um just near Cowcadden's and um yeah and I've got a little boy as well and two dogs who are my original babies baby number one and baby number two and then baby number three is human and <laughs>
1: yeah love it you've got dog you've got dogs don't you yeah so we've got cookie who we're currently going through the process of training so we did train him when she was a puppy but she has just got an unbelievable amount of energy and she just doesn't know what to do with it so and what it's actually, she she's a labradoodle so... oh i was gonna say is there oh. a, a doodle in there just and all our brothers and sisters are exactly the same they're all just a hundred miles an hour and Mm -hmm. so and it's very funny because actually when we were working with the dog trainer a lot of the strategies that she uses is a very similar to the way I would speak to clients about reframing things and making things positive and looking at what you can do and it's very similar Mm -hmm. to that so it's actually been quite a nice a nice process
0: oh good that's great
1: oh that's but you do quite a lot of varied stuff then so if you're doing CrossFit at the gym and mm-hmm. which is essentially the center of Glasgow and then pre and postnatal coaching online that must be quite a nice variety for you
0: it is I, I really love it I love um I, I just I love how my my day is structured now and I think that my life has completely changed in the last couple of years because up until the pandemic, I was completely an uh, in person in gym PT. Okay. I worked in Pure Gym um in the Center of Town, and then um, pandemic hit, and we obviously we all had to go completely online. And all I did Zoom sessions. I did so many bloody Zoom sessions, um, and then I got I got pregnant, and then after that, I was like, I need to. Continue to build my online business. I forgot to mention, I also work for Emma Story Gordon as well. Yes. Um. Yes. So <laughs> and that's that takes up loads of my time. So I'm a co- I'm a coach for her, and I have one to one clients with her, and I also have um I'm one of the coaches on her group pro- program, Commit to Six. Um. So I have lots and lots of different online clients across those different types of programs. Um. But I think that if I didn't actually see people in the unit four and CrossFit gym, then I would be quite lonely. So I really love those hours coaching. I only do like six hours a week, but I just love it. I love it, love it, love it.
1: But that's, I'm sure unit four is very community based. Mm. Because that's always the vibe I get from CrossFit. And that's one of the things I really love about it. It's very teamwork. And like, obviously I follow your gym on Instagram and it seems very, very welcoming. And that just you're, regular people who have never tried CrossFit before would feel comfortable coming to you guys to get started with CrossFit.
0: Absolutely. Like we I, I totally get it. CrossFit can look really intimidating. Um it by its nature. Like if you've watched the, the CrossFit games on on Netflix, whatever it's called, the fittest on earth, like that that is one end of the other the other end of the spectrum um when it comes to CrossFit but the, the beauty of crossfit is it is infinitely scalable so while we can have some we can always make something harder we can always make something less challenging or more accessible we've had members who have been um who've had disabilities we've had a member with dwarfism we have had numerous pregnant members so whatever stage of life they're at we can find a a
1: version of the workout that will suit them. That sound It just sounds so nice and welcoming. I think that that's the word that that kind of comes mm-hmm. up that everyone would feel welcome and confident mm-hmm. to come in and work out with you guys.
0: Yeah, yeah. That that's really how we want people to feel. And CrossFit again gets a wee bit of a uh, reputation as being a cult, mm-hmm. and I, I. That's really just because, like, see, as soon as you you've joined and it's your happy place all the other members they're your family and you just tell
1: everyone about it and you become that annoying crossfit person (laughs) but (laughs) that's what happens that that's honestly that's me with pilates when anybody mentions anything i'm like have you tried pilates have you ever done pilates do you know what pilates is like no it's not just stretching and it's just that's i feel as if pilates is a wee bit of a cult as well that you're like everybody should do this it's so good
0: you know, I have never tried Pilates and I, I think I would love it because, so I'm a yoga teacher as well, forgot to mention that, um, I'm a yoga teacher as well and um, I really love a power yoga, so like something hmm. that's got loads of core and loads of like glutes and arms and stuff in it and I
1: think that Pilates maybe is quite similar, yeah. potentially. That's, the reason I got into Pilates was because I'd really badly injured my knee and I hmm. couldn't lift. And I'm like, but I want to still work out and feel that challenge yeah. and yeah. yeah, and feel strong, exactly. And that's how I ended up with Pilates. So, oh yeah, well, maybe we need to get together. i need to come Pilates. to one of your classes then. I not <laughs> need to do that, definitely. Right, <laughs> so I've got some questions for you. So mm-hmm. I can of said that there as if it was going to be like a quick fire quiz, but it's not at all. I'll ask them very nicely. Right, right. so let's jump into the questions. Question, the first one we've got is, and actually just, before we talk about pelvic floor, this, you can tell me if you agree with this or not. Do you not find a lot of people think when you discuss things like pelvic floor, they immediately associate it only with pre and postnatal and pregnancy. Whereas for anybody that trains, having an awareness of your pelvic floor and using that as part of workouts, there's a benefit to absolutely everyone in Mm -hmm. building a stronger core, stronger pelvic floor, TVA, all of that
0: yes you're right and and annoyingly um there's certain sports and certain activities that are associated with um pelvic floor dysfunction you're more likely to experience pelvic floor dysfunction if you participate in high impact and strength sports Mm -hmm. so um it's it's unfortunately and that was my experience as well like either you'd only learn about pelvic floor when there's a problem. Uh, or you learn when you're pregnant and or maybe when you when you're given birth and there's a problem yeah and um by that stage like it kind of hits women it's like oh why did no one tell me about this like that is something that you hear so often about about this like in my opinion it should be like we should be having these discussions with our daughters with the women in our family um, like telling young girls from a young age what their pelvic floor is and how to look after it, and if you ever have an issue, you need to speak about it. It's not just, haha Oh my god, I pee when I run sometimes. What's that all about? Like so. Um. Yeah, I just think that these discussions need to happen so much sooner. In fact, I think I read a Michelle Obama quote earlier. Um, and it was, oh God, I can't even remember the quote. But it was basically, we are doing a disservice to other women if we do not talk about our bodies and what they do and when they're
1: not working properly. Yeah, I'll need to find that quote. But yeah, Yeah. I was like, yes, Michelle, yes. (laughs) That's Things that I do think have got better of late, especially with how much chat there is around perimenopause and menopause Mm. now. And people are much more open. Like now I feel, I don't know if it's maybe just the people I follow, but people on five, 10 years ago on Instagram would not have talked about periods at all. It just wouldn't have been, and there would have been a code word for it as well because people wouldn't have openly talked about it. But I feel as if things are being talked about more and it needs to be more than it is now, but I do feel it's going in the right direction. Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, but there's still a lot to be done. Yeah. And there's still also like, there's no funding for these things as well because like women's issues just aren't important. Mm-hmm. um and even like um i think i mean this isn't really that relevant but i think it is relevant that um the the government are, it was in the news today that government are talking about um taking elderly people out of retirement to get them back into the workforce but what they actually need to do is fund childcare because at the moment in in england and I think it, and scotland as well like in Scotland, definitely you don't get free childcare until three. Right, so right. in that time, women are just not working because they can't afford to, because childcare is so expensive. Whereas if the government actually funded that, then women we're not it's not just so that women can work. Women want to work. We want we want to actually like feel that purpose in life. We don't want mm-hmm. like some people, yes, we we love being mothers, but we also enjoy having a job and having a career and having our own identity as well sorry that was a wee bit of a
1: slight no but it's you're you're <laughs> yeah. right though like that is people who want to work who mm. are the right age to work who will contribute things to the workforce yeah facilitate them yeah get back in it's but I think you're right though all of these things start at a government level that mm. put your energy into the right places yeah. And it's women. It's it's women. We, just generally, we are underfunded. We need more money. <laughs> yeah. In Give many ways. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm all for that campaign. Yeah. <laughs> right. Let's jump into the question. So the first one we've got is, is relaxing your pelvic floor as important as strengthening it?
0: Yes. So obviously, it's really important to have a strong pelvic floor, but we also want a pelvic floor that is functional and is flexible and um not so so yes it's important to relax it but if we think about our fist right so if I make squeeze my fist as tight as I can but I can't actually open my hand and stretch out my fingers, then my hand is completely useless. It's pretty good as a fist, but that's it, right? So if we think about it like that, it's really important to be able to use um the full length of the muscle, just like any other muscle in your body. So um, there is a different... So when I, I teach something called core connection breath, which I'm actually going to talk about later, one of the, the questions that you've asked. Um, And what that teaches is lengthening of the pelvic floor. Now, there is a difference between bearing down and lengthening. So quite often when some people think about um, lengthening the pelvic floor, they like bear down as if like, you know, as if you're doing a poo or as if you were like trying to push a tampon out, which Mm -hmm. we we really don't want to do that at all. But when you inhale and breathe and relax everything, like relax your glutes, relax all the muscles down there, you're just thinking about creating as much space in your body as well because your pelvic floor muscle is part of your core muscle and it's also really linked to your breathing. So when you inhale, it actually does expand and lengthen. And when you exhale, it contracts, just like your diaphragm moves up and down as well. So... Um, if you if you try and think about when you inhale like making it as not not bearing down as I said but also just trying to relax and expand but I'll talk about that a little bit later in some cues um, that I use when I'm teaching pelvic floor contractions and lengthening as well so yes it's very important to have a pelvic floor that is like um coordinated as well so yeah we're talking about like say you want your pelvic floor to support you when you do high impact exercises it's not that you're contracting it when you do that it's just that your pelvic floor is meeting the demand so it's contracting involuntarily as in without you thinking about it to meet that
1: demand so it's not this similar to and people probably don't think of pelvic floor in this way as they would think about things like their hips their back their shoulders because people realize in training yes i need to make them strong and strengthening them but Mm. i also need to do mobility and flexibility work so that they move how they should in the full range of motion but they also need to be strong i think people probably don't think of their pelvic floor in the same way they do like their skeletal muscles
0: yeah exactly you wouldn't want like see if if i um if Jules had a set of traps that were super tight and clenched all the time like they wouldn't be comfortable would they like your your traps at the top of your neck they'd be really uncomfortable they'd be you'd, your shoulders would be up around your ears you probably wouldn't be able to move your head around that much it, it just also wouldn't look that nice <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't serve you at all so yeah your your pelvic floor is exactly the same and I think like we are obsessed
1: with having a super tight vagina like that's everybody thinks about strengthening it yeah they ever thinks about controlling it the same way you would another joint yes exactly exactly that's very interesting Mm -hmm. so question two what advice would you give to those who want to train want to get back to training after their 16 weeks nhs guidance oh right so i got what you wrote was what advice do you give to those who want to train on their back on their six... back sorry that's me i've read that <laughs> i am going to, i will not be applying for a part-time job as a quiz master like at the Mega at the key or anything like that um what advice would you give to those who want to train on their back mm. after 16 weeks yes okay great question and i've done a bit of a
0: deep dive on this so Maybe you'll find this boring. Maybe you'll find this really interesting. I love this stuff. Oh, that's good. Right. Okay. So actually, um, there's not really that much research in terms of exercising and lying on your back. There is a bit of research on sleep and li- and uh, lying on your back. And on the NHS website, it says falling asleep on your back after twenty eight weeks pregnant can double your risk of stillbirth. Now that sounds really scary. But if we think about the risk being quite small, then that's doubled and it's probably still quite small again. So if you're listening to this, you're over 20 weeks, 28 weeks pregnant and you woke up and you were lying on your back, don't stress, don't worry about it. Um, there are things you can do. You could tuck a little pillow underneath one of your bum cheeks. And all that does is it just slightly tilts you on to one side, just ever so slightly. Because, um, I mean, if that's the only way that you can get a comfortable sleep when you're pregnant, when you're so pregnant and sleeping on your side is uncomfortable, then it might just be that you have to sleep on your back. As a, as an aside, I slept on my back because <laughs> I trained myself. When I wasn't pregnant, I was my sister, who's like, she does Botox and fillers. She said, if you lie on your side, you'll get a wrinkly face. So I trained myself <laughs> to lie on my back. <laughs> And then I couldn't stop sleeping on my back um, when I was pregnant. So all I did anyway was just lay a, a little pillow underneath my bum. There's not actually any solid answer why the risk is doubled or why there is a risk of stillbirth. But there's a theory that because your uterus is heavier, like there's an increased weight, the weight of that uterus compresses an important blood vessel. It increases mum's blood pressure and can reduce blood flow to the placenta. So that's the the thinking behind it. So I'm now going to talk about three studies that I've found here. So the first study was from 1991, took 25 healthy pregnant women, measured their maternal blood pressure and heart rate while in different or lying down positions. What they found was there was no particularly bad impact on blood flow um, and the supine position, so supine is just lying on your back. However, some women did find it uncomfortable to be lying flat on their back, and that's true. Some women do find it uncomfortable, and if they fall asleep or they find themselves on the back, they'll naturally just roll onto their side. Um. So the problem with that study was only twenty five women. True. Um. The next study was from two thousand eleven, identified a link between supine sleeping and stillbirth. The method involved interviewing women who had had a recent stillbirth about their sleeping practice during pregnancy. Um, The study had a very small sample size and the researchers were examining a lot of possible theories on top of sleep position. So it wasn't just this one thing that they were looking at as as the quote unquote reason for stillbirth. Um, The nature of retrospective interviewing of people who are grieving can cause a recall bias. Um, where they're searching for an answer. And I mean, fair enough. So that's maybe the issue in that study. So there was a link identified. However, it's it's not entirely clear. And then finally, there was a study from 2019. This time, there was a much bigger sample size of participants. They were interviewed at all trimesters. Um, the researchers were looking for links between sleep position during pregnancy and adverse outcomes, including small uh, size of your baby and stillbirth and there was no association found between sleep position and adverse outcomes. So that was a big sample size and it was really recent study. And so that's quite reassuring. So I would say overall, I mean I'm just a personal trainer on the internet. Always, always, always do what you're you're comfortable with and what your um what your medical team recommend as well. And that's all about sleep. So um, let's talk a little bit about exercise. There was another study done really recently, which I've talked about. And it's more about like uh, people lifting upwards of 85% of their one rep max during pregnancy. Um, mm-hmm. And what was great about that is there was like no adverse outcomes from that Um, in terms of birth. In terms of any effects on the baby, in terms of pelvic floor as well, which is really interesting because we've been taught like that's, I mean, lifting heavy during pregnancy. Oh my god, your pelvic floor. Um, but one of the one of the exercises that these women did because they were weight lifters and they were power lifters is they were bench pressing, um, or they were doing supine weightlifting. So I'm I'm going to assume supine weightlifting means bench, press. bench pressing, um. And again, there was no adverse outcomes for any of the the women in study. I think it was like 429 women in the study, no adverse outcomes. And I think like it, it's a kind of, there's a bit of common sense required here because most of the studies, uh, the research is on sleep and supine positions. If you're doing like three sets of 10 chest press, what you're going to be lying down for mere minutes and you're going to be sitting up in between sets if again if you're like not very confident about it then what you could do is just put like a couple of weight plates underneath I'm just thinking you've probably got a fancier bench than I've got you could just lift the make it an incline bench do you know I mean okay. um, if you've got just a flat bench like I've got just put a couple of weight plates underneath the top of it and there there you go you've got an you know, you've got an incline so it's it's um it's a really interesting topic and unfortunately I can't really give you much um, in the way of answers but if you're 16 weeks pregnant I think you'd be absolutely fine to do supine exercises once you hit 28 weeks maybe um, or as you get more and more pregnant it might be uncomfortable to be lying on your back
1: um, so it's really just your own personal preference so that, that's quite interesting though that a lot of because that is very much how prenatal training is taught that after 16 weeks zero lying on your back black and white but it's very interesting that actually a lot of the data has come from studying sleep where you're on your back for eight hours as mm-hmm. opposed to 45 seconds, which is, which is a very different situation. That is, that's really interesting. Yeah.
0: I, I think it's interesting. I mean, that's, that's the the problem with um, any sort of pregnancy advice is that we do err on the side of caution. And I mean, mm-hmm. fair enough, like we all want to look after our babies but at the same time, like, why do something or why not do something? Because unless we know the answer, why? Like, I, I'm i I'm a really annoying person. I'm like, why? I want to know the reason why I'm not allowed to do something before I'm not doing it. Um, And, and a lot of the advice is just based on, well, I, I don't think you can do it, so don't do it. Or
1: I don't know the answer to that, so don't do it. And a lot of maybe that, with it being extra cautious in all situations like you say a lot of people are worried that if they sleep on their back and they wake up mm. and they're like oh no I've been sleeping on my back and it causes them a greater panic when actually mm. that possibly the worry of it and the panic of it and the reaction yeah. to it may be actually more adverse exactly oh that was a that was a very interesting one <laughs> right, so what, what is your favorite exercise well, what's your favorite exercise? And what is your favorite exercise to prescribe for clients actually with for in the postpartum period to help aid recovery? Right. So, what's my favorite exercise? What's your personal favorite?
0: Oh, I love, I love a high rep deadlift. So, I don't like deadlifting one rep max, mm-hmm. but I love doing like a set of like 12. Cause like then I really feel the burn, and I love feeling uh-huh. a deadlift the next day, like in my in my hamstrings. What about you?
1: Um, what my favorite exercise? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think probably mine would be a stiff leg deadlift. Oh yeah, And I think a lot of people appreciate that because when I do that with clients, a lot of them are like, "Oh, I love this," and I think mm-hmm. it's the, especially for people that drive a lot or sit a lot, that lengthening.
0: Yeah, and good under stretch. that
1: weight it just it feels like that ugh, you're all <laughs> you're all stretched out so is that what you would prescribe for clients or
0: wait wait. wait. i think the question is favorite exercises postpartum to help age recovery? recovery
1: yeah
0: right yeah so you're yeah um, you've just had a baby six weeks ago let's do some high rep deadlifts i mean uh, i'd right
1: depends I did on
0: this, it depends on the individual you're right um Molly Mae today was on her stepper. She's three weeks postpartum. She was on the stepper um and everyone's losing their shit because um she should be she's she's neglecting her child because she's exercising. How dare she? What year is this? I know, I know. Anyway, um so the question was what is your favourite exercise? Postpartum to help age recovery. Um a lot of people think that you need to wait six weeks before you can Uh, start exercising again after a baby and i mean if you've had a c-section yes that is the case you will need to um make sure that your scar and the wound is completely healed doesn't mean yeah doesn't mean that once you if um he can't do breathing exercises which can actually be really good um post c-section because it's if you take deep belly breaths you're essentially like um mobilizing the scar tissue from within which can be really good and um you can start doing scar mobilization work as well and it's never ever too late to do that either um if, if you're like oh my god like you know if you've got that quite a lot of buildup of scar tissue and huh? maybe you've got like the skin is puckering inwards you could you can it's never too late to like work on that anyway um so as soon as you've had a baby, you, once you're home from the hospital, you can start doing pelvic floor and core exercises. And um, I teach this uh, thing called the core connection breath. And I've actually got on my podcast, the Show a Strong podcast, if you scroll down, there's a bonus episode and I teach you how to do it. Oh, wow. Um. So the core connection breath, I teach for throughout pregnancy and then I teach postpartum. And basically it's a way of connecting your breathing, your pelvic floor exercises and core as well. Um, And then you can start to, once you've got the hang of the breath, you can start to introduce exercises and do it at the same time. So as you inhale, you're expanding and maybe doing like the, the eccentric part of the movement. And then as you exhale, you come through the concentric part of the movement, so, um, I explain all that in the podcast. And so, really, there's there's not any particular exercise that I think is the best. However, like, cause you, you you once you've got the core connection breath, you can do anything with it. With it, I'm not saying that you need to do the core connection breath for the rest of your life. But essentially, what you're doing is you're teaching, like, it's like muscle memory. You're relearning how to um lift your pelvic floor when you do the hard part of an exercise so that you're not bearing down because at the very start of the podcast i said when you take part in strength sports you're more likely to experience pelvic floor dysfunction and that's because um if you're lifting a really heavy weight um some people if they don't manage the pressure properly can bear down so if you think about like if i do the valsalva maneuver which is say like I'm doing a deadlift and I go I hold my breath right and I do that and I do like the glottal stop I close um at my throat and you'll actually feel it in your pelvic floor like try it just now if you're listening to this go you might even feel your pelvic floor bears down and I don't think the valsala maneuver in itself is a bad thing but if you did that for every single lift in every single session your your pelvic floor is taking an absolute battering yeah so it's teaching you to lift when you exhale no other way around um <laughs> uh, it's teaching you to not bear down essentially is what I'm trying to say so um and the next question is did you find breath work an important part of pre and postnatal exercises yes I think I've answered that one
1: as well <laughs> do you know what I think that because a lot of people are very keen to get back to training naturally a bit hesitant with it but incorporating that is a great way to restart your postpartum training mm-hmm. while still being safe but also actually setting a really brilliant foundation for training for the whole rest of your life not just mm-hmm. like it sounds like it would be such a good foundation to just make you stronger in general oh yeah i i I definitely think so like i feel
0: stronger now than i've ever been and i think I, I genuinely think it's because of the training that I did during pregnancy was so, it was so like focused on technique, focused on looking after my pelvic floor and core. Um, it felt so much more mindful than it ever has. Like I think previously, like I would train loads and I would just come in and smash my body. Whereas during pregnancy, it was so much kinder to my body. And I was I was taking it right back. Great technique. I was still lifting heavy, but I was always like thinking about things so much and more.
1: Structured, much more yeah. mindful, much more yeah. making it much more effective.
0: Yeah. So yeah, you're right. It, it is a proper you're properly
1: setting up the foundations moving forward. Oh, that's brilliant. Mm. Right. So you mentioned this one kind of earlier on. Is it normal to pee when you do jumping moves after a baby? Um so it is relatively
0: normal. Um, the the stats are really high, as in people who have had a baby and the the pelvic floor dysfunction. I think it's at something like one in two, or one in three. It's really high. Um, however, that doesn't mean that you have to live with it. So um, it's like a bit of a running joke, like mums at like the bouncy castle being like, oh no, I can't do that anymore. But it really doesn't have to be that way. And all it takes is a wee visit to a pelvic floor physio to see what's going on. might not even be that you've got a weak pelvic floor. You might have a hypertonic pelvic floor, which means that it's, as we were mentioning at the start, like super tight and clenched and not um, coordinated, like an uncoordinated pelvic floor. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So yeah, one visit to a pelvic floor physio and then also not being scared to... Don't be scared of impact. So say, say it's like, right, uh, I pee when I'm on the trampoline. Right, well, let's try just jumping on the spot first. Let's try jumping on one leg. Let's try jumping even higher. Let's try jumping forward. And then let's try jumping off a box onto the floor. So we're increasing the, the height and the depth. So it's literally just like any other exercise that we find hard. We have to scale it back and then build it back up. Because if you think about it, like jumping on a trampoline, that's like one of the hardest things you can do for your pelvic floor. Yeah, of course, yeah. if you've had if you've had a baby, your pelvic floor has been weakened by that. So you're going to have to build back up to it. So probably the worst thing you can do is just avoid jumping because you're never going to get
1: better at it. I suppose that's it's kind of like what we were saying earlier on. Though, if you had knee surgery, for example. You wouldn't be like, well, I don't do squats now. You mm-hmm. would go back, take it back to basics, start with mm-hmm. bodyweight squats, and realize that the area has been under stress and needs to rebuild. So very similar to how you would rehab another body part.
0: Yeah, very similar. It's just it's just embarrassing. Like oh, if God. someone's peeing when they're jumping, like that's it's embarrassing. They don't it's not really something that you would feel confident openly talking about maybe even with your coach with your with your personal trainer because if you had a a sore knee you would say oh I've got a sore knee or that movement hurts my knee I don't want to do it whereas you might you might not say that movement makes me pee
1: myself a little bit I don't want to do it so but then that's exactly where your online plan is perfect for that because that's a community of people that understand how you feel that are most likely going through a very similar thing, or have gone through a similar thing, yeah. and it's, I suppose it's a lot a bit a bit like we're saying with a CrossFit gym, finding a community of people who are on the same journey and who can support you with that.
0: Yeah, I, so on a Monday night, I teach yoga to all my bumps, all my pregnant ladies, and then we have like a just a chat where I just say, "How are you? How are you?" and everyone tells me how they are, and we are having such a laugh because someone was talking about this thing they were like right so i had this really weird thing happen and it was like um it felt like a really intense pain in my vagina and then someone's like fanny daggers (laughs) and apparently that is a thing like and i was like yeah i've had that so it's like when you're like i i used to get it when i was on my period it was like way before pregnancy like i would get this spasm and it would be like almost in my bum hole and i would have to like whatever I was doing I had to stop if I was like walking I'd have to just the stop intense. and it would be like it'd be like literally seconds and then and then it would go and apparently it's just like a spasm of Does the it muscles it spasm? yeah <laughs> but fanny daggers is what someone called it so yeah like it, it I, I do pride um that and myself that like that is what that community provides for people it's like a safe space to just because I mean you've heard me if you've never heard me before on this podcast. I have really gone there with something. I mean, I was just talking about my bumhole spasms. Like I I like, I, I don't think there's any such thing as TMI because we can't, we can't, like that's what's causing problems
1: by holding yes. back and not sharing. And that is what it is. Like, and you find you probably find like in that situation, that, that person mentioned that being like something really strange happened. Mm-hmm. And other people have gone, yes, and no, I know that. Like, and it's that finding a community that you feel safe in yeah to say actually i'm thinking this or this happened and that other people share in what you're going through
0: mm-hmm.
1: exactly so that, oh that sounds like such a nice community yeah it's lovely so someone else had asked i had kids 12 years ago and my core hasn't ever felt the same is there anything i can do now is it too late now 12 years after pregnancy to work on your pelvic floor and your core
0: absolutely not no it's never ever ever too late and um I do a podcast I've actually got a community called floors cores and more it's on Facebook and it's me and a pelvic floor physio called Rosie and there's like 300 people in there I actually cannot believe how many people are in there um and it's it's really just a podcast and community uh and me and Rosie talk about all things pelvic floor and the latest episode was about like pelvic floor and perimenopause and menopause and rosie as a physio she says she likes to see women at all stages of of their life so she likes to see women um when like but when they're thinking about having a baby um she likes to see them when they're pregnant like several stages of pregnancy and postpartum she likes to see them on their 40th birthday and apparently it's really common for women to book A pelvic floor physio on their 40th birthday as a gift to themselves whether they've had babies or not so um that's that's a good one and then when they're in the perimenopausal like probably 48 49 years old um and yeah so she'll see them at all stages of their life and maybe that person having an appointment on their 40th birthday is that's their first one so yeah it's never ever too late to to work on these things but specifically this person was asking um she said my core hasn't ever felt the same so um something I talk about quite a lot and there's a lot of misinformation about is something called diastasis recti so what that is is when you get pregnant um if you think about your six-pack muscles um at the front of your body once you get pregnant and your belly gets bigger those start to move apart and there's a connective tissue in between those muscles called the linea alba. And that connective tissue stretches um, to accommodate the baby, to accommodate the space uh, needed. And then once you have your baby, after um, several weeks, things start to move back to together. Like the, the rectus abdominal muscles move back together. For about a third of women, that happens by around three months. And then for some women... It takes longer. And then for some women, it never moves back, or there's always going to be a bit of a gap. Um, there's so much misinformation because a lot of people, first of all, sell programs to quote unquote heal it. But if if we look at it as an adaptation and or sorry, an adaptation, so um it's just your body adapting to pregnancy rather than it being an injury, then mm-hmm. how can we heal something? that is that's just what's happened it's like saying i'm going to heal your stretch marks i'm going to heal your loose skin those are things that are just an adaptation your body changes yeah your skin needs to stretch to create room and that's an adaptation so um maybe her core hasn't felt the same and i mean that's just might just be your lot however if it's something that's causing you like real discomfort, like it's causing you back pain or pelvic floor dysfunction or anything else like that, then please go and see a pelvic floor physio, and they can they can definitely address it. But with these things, um, strengthening your core is always going to make an improvement to the way your core looks. So, um, if this is this person is a client of Jules, I'm confident Jules is strengthening your core, then you're going to make improvements and you're going to in, like like the way that
1: your tummy looks with strengthening. Well, that's, that's so good. So I think a lot of people think if you don't do things in the three, six months after pregnancy, that that's that's it. Nothing changes going forward. But like you were saying, with the breath work and with the scar healing, there's loads of benefits to still working on that mm-hmm. five, 10, 15 years later.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's never too late. It's never too late to do anything. Like, what I love about you, Jules, as well, is like you are just like living your best, authentic self. And you look like you always like show pictures of your old, older self, or sorry, like self from before. Yeah.
1: And it looks like you are living your best life now. Oh, Like, it seems like you are. 100%. So when oh. people say to me, like, oh, I'm, I'm dreading being 30, I'm dreading being 40, I'm like, absolutely don't. It, it nope. literally just gets. Better when I look back at 20, me and my 20s, I worried about everything like everything was a problem. Like, but I think that's just experience, and like, I I do think that's so true. That it's never, I mean, my mum qualified as a Pilates instructor at Honestly. 60. When did I do Pilates four years ago? So, like, 62, 63. She was that's so cool. Oh, I mean, she's got like so many PT clients and runs uh-huh. classes, and yeah, so literally good for her i mean that i find things like that so inspiring never too late whole new career start their own business love it that's so so good for her yeah five years after a baby never too late so Mm -hmm. right so last question is and i thought this was a really really good one what is one piece of advice you feel every mum and new mum needs to hear
0: so this is a really hard question, and I think d- just depending on what day of the week you caught me or what week <laughs> you got me, I would have. Um, and I'll probably listen back to that and be like, "Oh, I should say this," but um, I learned this weekend. I had a real eye opener, and it was after a conversation with Emma. I'm sure you've had loads of conversations with Emma where you've had like, "Oh my god!" Like, eye opening. But anyway, I learned that you can't be all the things all at once to everyone. And that was something I was really struggling with. I think like, especially when you're a mom or just women in general, Yeah, we, we want to be like the best businesswoman. We want to be smashing our career. We want to be the best partner. We want to be the best mother. We want to be the fittest. We want to be gorgeous. We have to be all of these things. And, that is just such insane pressure,
1: yes, do you put it on yourself
0: pressure, and it's all well, I mean, we could blame the patriarchy, but a lot of that is self-inflicted. yeah. and um, I did like so there's a crossFit open happening right now and the crossFit open is um three workouts over three weeks that the whole world can do. like so everyone can do these workouts and then you're put on this giant, world leaderboard and then that's where the people that go to the CrossFit Games qualify but everyone takes part in it and I took part in it on Friday and I was alongside like I was with my friend who is has a baby who's like six months younger than mine and she absolutely smashed me and I was like feeling really sad about it and I was like oh but I'm just not as fit as I was and feeling really frustrated about that but then I've 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 run I'm doing really well with my business right now. I've got a little boy who I love. I live in a wonderful house. I'm really happy with that. And I just think that I was putting way too much pressure on myself to like excel at everything. Uh-huh. Um and and something's got to give. Do you know what I mean? And I, I think as well, like with mums, we like we wanna be perfect mums and we wanna be doing everything perfect. And there's so much on social media about the best way to parent. Um, and really, the the best way to parent is the the way that works
1: for you, and the way that makes you happy.
0: And the way that makes you happy, and also makes your child happy.
1: <laughs> so that was yeah. a friend of mine who had had a baby, and the health visitor in. And she said, "I'm really stressed because I've not been out anywhere, and I've not taken them anywhere." And the health visitor said, "Where do you want to go?" <laughs> and she was where like, you, "Where do you think you're going?" And like, she was like, <laughs> "Hey, I don't, I don't know, like." I don't know, like out for lunch and that I don't know. And it's I think that whole pressure that you're supposed to get ready and go out places, the health visitor was like, just stay in. Like that was
0: that's a good health visitor.
1: That's a good You don't need to go anywhere. And she was like, Oh yeah, I don't need to go anywhere, actually. But it is that whole self inflicted pressure that you're supposed to be out with your coffee and your baby and meeting up with pals and Mm -hmm. all of this when it's just it's just not required
0: yes exactly exactly yeah Uh, so I I think like quite often we need to have a wee word with ourselves like what what are we yeah give your head a wobble and uh and realize that you're probably doing really really well like the fact that if you can keep a child alive you're doing really well I remember yeah I remember Cormac when he was born I was like if I can keep him alive for six weeks I'm doing really well and then I go to six weeks I was like I've kept him alive for six weeks <laughs> now I need to do six months um and we're we're on we're on 20 months and he's still alive still and he's, good. Not, he's not just still alive like he's actually a happy little boy so <laughs> that's not it's like I think I think there needs to be like more than just a minimum requirements of keeping him alive but you know come on if you're keeping them alive at least you're doing the,
1: the bare minimum exactly you've ticked that box <laughs> yeah but oh Shona, this has been so good and I have learned as somebody that talks about pelvic floor a lot and I'm pre- and postnatal qualified I have learned so much oh, from there's going to be so many people listen to this and not only will they learn lots from it I think there's going to be a lot of people feel reassured from all of this so if people want to find you online or in person at the gym where can they find you on social media
0: Okay, so you can find me on Instagram at Shona Strong. It's not actually my name. My name's Shona Deniman, but my Instagram is Shona Strong.
1: <laughs> I like it though.
0: You know, one time like I ordered something off Instagram. Like oh, there was this girl, she was Glasgow based and she ordered, I ordered like something from her and she delivered it to the Pure Gym that I was working at. And she was like, hi, is there a Shona Strong? Is there, what, is, there, is there a PT called like Miss Strong? And oh, it was so embarrassing because the <laughs> proper ripped me for it.
1: Shona, <laughs> our business used to be called the Badass Rules and people right. never knew my surname. So like they used to go to like the physio around the corner and it would say on the form, how did you hear about us? And people would write on it, Julie Badass. And like people just used to, Julie Badass, that Badass Lassie. I that Badass Lassie in the gym so yeah that's so actually shona strong works really Jonah well strong.
0: yes so you can find me on there i've also got a podcast it's called the shona strong podcast um and if you want to look up the gym as well that's called unit Four health and fitness Um, that's just at it's just at unit Four health and fitness on instagram so yeah that's that's all my socials
1: brilliant well we'll put all the links to everything in the description for the podcast and we'll share them with the podcast on social media but thank you so much for coming to chat with us it's been absolutely brilliant
0: oh thank you i loved it thanks jills thanks